0: Today is Friday, September 23rd,
1: 2022. (laughs) Do you suffer from gear acquisition syndrome? I know I do. Buckle your seatbelts and welcome to this edition of the Electric Guitar Lives Podcast with Pete Williams. A fun and pithy celebration of the electric guitar, guitarists, related gear, and industry news from a seasoned guitar pro. Get your daily dose of all things guitar from an industry insider with over 20 years in the proverbial trenches. Be regaled with sordid tales of guitar and guitar news, amps, effects, artists, moodiers, and the interesting people that make Make up up this this wacky wacky machine. machine. So wind down with us as we cap each week off with a fresh out of the oven episode. Who knows what will happen? Maybe you'll laugh. Maybe you'll cry. You might even learn something. Yeah, maybe you won't. But one thing's for sure you'll be entertained so hang with us for a bit and thank you for joining us on the electric guitar lives podcast now here's your host Pete Pete Williams. Williams. all
0: right hello what's going on hey uh appreciate you tuning in if, you're, uh, if you've if you listened to my podcast before, um, you know, and, um, and you're coming back. Man, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to hang with me and I hope you're enjoying the show. Um, I'm going to change the format up a little bit this week. The first thing I'm going to talk about today is more catered towards new guitar players and for you older guys who haven't really gotten into the theory portion of playing the guitar. Um, I I discovered something recently that has helped me uh, develop a better um, fundamental understanding of guitar theory uh, and its application. And uh, I got this, uh, surprisingly enough, um, by learning um, theory on the piano. Now, for some folks out there, they may be thinking, ah, Pete, you're, you, know, I, you know, I've already gone down this road. For those that haven't, though, which is who this is intended for, um, I found that because of the way that the piano is structured, and I'm talking about, you know, normal size 88-key uh, um, electric piano or acoustic piano, it's significantly easier to understand the structure both visually um, and you know spatially uh, when you're looking at the piano. The white notes start in A and end in G and just keep repeating. The black keys your flats and your sharps. And when you take a look at the keyboard as a whole and you go, oh, okay, I see, um, you know, C. Uh, in several different places, but you know, you can visually see like, oh, okay, well C key is always going to be here based on the structure of how the piano layout is set up. For the electric guitar, it's a little bit different and it can be confusing and overwhelming at times. So in the last couple months for myself personally, I've found I've been having a lot more aha moments Uh, by practicing or warming up on the keyboard because I'm trying to teach myself how to play piano. I am getting some instruction from uh, Piano, which uh, you get a three-month trial if you buy uh, a rolling keyboard, uh, which I did. Um, Great, great, great product. Anyhow, as as you're going through your fundamentals and your practice stuff, which most people probably would you know, relate to watching paint dry. Uh, It can be kind of boring, but you get your metronome out and you go through your, you know, your scales and you go through some of your basic chords and everything. And uh, again, on the piano, for me anyways, I found that it's much easier to understand. Uh, But more importantly, as it relates to the electric guitar, which is what this podcast is about, or the guitar, um, it's making more sense to me as I'm looking at the fretboard, um, that structure and that theory, obviously, it's a little bit different on the well, a lot different on the on the guitar. Um, but I find that those uh, those note identifications, chord identifications, you know, whatever they may be, um, while I'm while I'm playing the electric guitar, I'm having more aha moments lately um, because I'm understanding the uh, music theory of it um, and the structure. Uh, based off of what i'm learning from the piano it's making more sense to me now on the electric guitar all these years later and uh, man i tell you i'm really having a good time with it the reality of it is i probably spent way too much time uh trying to learn how to play uh fast uh, back when i was younger and um, i didn't even though i took classical guitar for a couple years and i had that foundation uh, i didn't spend enough time um Uh, Gaining a better understanding of it and getting deeper into theory, uh, which is really, really helpful when you're writing music or you're making music uh, and helps you to have an under, uh, excuse me, a better understanding of the music it is that you're creating beyond simple um, notes and repetitions. Uh, You're able to get, you know, a hell of a lot more creative with it and, uh, and and you can go off and explore a lot of different tangents, too, which is really cool. For instance, what uh, prompted me to get into wanting to learn how to play the piano um, is by seeing um, uh, performances and listening to performances from Donald Fagan of Steely Dan. But that's a topic for a different podcast. I'm going to go ahead and post a, um, a, a small little uh, piano chart uh, and I forget this, but yeah, typically on the piano, you know, you have your, your middle C. Uh, the middle C goes up to the next octave and it starts again, starting with C. But I'm going to put a chart up and you can take a look at it. And, um, and it's real neat to look at that and then go, oh, okay, well on the guitar, let me let me go through the C major scale um, and, uh, and see if I can uh, play the same thing or, or any other variation of that. It's just an interesting take almost uh, kind of parallel approach um, uh, while you're learning music theory uh, regardless of the instrument or irregardless of the instrument that you're using for it so for several years I, I kind of uh, put you know my guitar playing on the uh, the back burner uh, mostly due to you know reason and family and 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 working I just didn't you know I didn't make time to Um, continue that hobby until uh, several years back. And um, uh, my wife got me a a year-long subscription to the Rock Guitar School from Artist Works in California uh, with Paul Gilbert. It was a really cool uh, gift. Now, listen, I've been a Paul Gilbert fan since, you know, the Racer X days and Um, I was a fan of his stuff and Mr. Big and still am. Um, And I'm still a fan of him today because he, like Joe Satriani and a few other cats out there that are on the education tip, um, you know, he helps push the industry forward. And he's a really good dude and a really gifted teacher. One would think what you're going to get out of that class would be, oh, I'm going to play super fast like Paul Gilbert and be able to play all these crazy things. Now, uh, old me uh, back in middle school or high school would have been like, yeah, yeah, right on. That's exactly what I'm going to do. But I already went down that road. Um, The biggest thing that I took away that I think is universally important for all guitar players are these three things. One, learn as many songs as you can. Learn to keep time would be number two. Okay, and you can do that through tapping your foot or or, uh, or, or counting off in your head. Um, or if you're lucky enough to be in a jamming scenario with some friends, which I feel is the best method, um, you can learn timing that way. And number three is to have fun. You know, relax and have fun. At the end of the day, that's really what, you know, music is about. Uh, you know, well, at least a portion of it. So it means a lot of different things, to a lot of different people. But for me, um, you know, it took me many years to realize, like, look, are you having a good time doing this? Are you having fun? If you're having fun, it's absolutely worth pursuing and it's worth doing. And now a quick note from our sponsor, Making Music. Making Music has been the original home of Tone since 1973. And for nearly 50 years, they've been committed to meeting the needs of their customers. Bacon Music offers a hand-picked selection of premium boutique and custom gear. Their Northfield, Illinois showroom is open and comfortable with private, soundproof demonstration rooms for a pleasant shopping environment. While their website is regularly updated with an incredible array of custom electric guitars, tube amplifiers, and effects pellets. Knowledgeable and courteous sales professionals are always available to help make sure the gear you want is the best choice to suit your needs. Whether you're looking to pick up a new hobby, push sonic boundaries, or simply tweak your tone, making Music is the place. For more information, please visit makingmusic.com. So, first up, as far as guitar news goes, it's a kind of a light week. Um, there is a couple of interesting things. The first thing I wanted to bring up is that uh, comparison Guitars, who we've talked about, uh, has uh, issued out uh, some new for twenty twenty two Caparison in 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 a couple of different or a few different options. Now, I'm not getting paid from comparison, but the reason why this is the second time I've talked about these guys from Japan is that, uh, you know, their, their product line is different and it's cool and is of the highest quality. Now, with that quality comes more of a, a boutique price range, uh, but in my opinion, um, especially compared to some of the other stuff that's out on the market, man, um, you really should take a look at these things. Their website description goes on to say, The latest evolution of the popular Dellinger series is based around a new and inspired confluence of Tonewoods. (laughs) It's a confluence of Tonewoods. The newly construction bipartite body composition now features a select walnut top section with an Australian Blackwood foundation. This distinctive combination provides an engaging, sustain-rich tone with exceptional clarity in the mid to high frequency range it implements a well-defined clear and articulate note separation the inclusion of Jescar stainless steel jumbo frets further enhances the discernible clarity the new Dellinger WBFX also features the uni- excuse me the unique comparison designed high mast fixed bridge 6 which effortlessly deals with a variance of string gauges and extreme tunings while maintaining stability and sonic reinforcement. This stability is further enhanced by the use of Godot MGT locking tuners and a GrafTech Blast Tusk Net. Um, if you head on over to comparison guitars, you can, uh, these things are featured. In fact, I just got the mailer about these things a little while ago. Uh, definitely checking out. I won't go over the rest of the marketing lingo for you as you folks out there, I'm sure can read. Uh, but if, you know, if you're in the market for a boutique, uh, you know, ultra high end ultra fine and, um, uh, you know, meticulously crafted electric guitar, at in, in the boutique realm, at a fair price, I feel. Uh, especially for a craftsmanship of this level. Uh, go give these things a look-see. In other news, and this is from uh, Guitar World, Sweetwater reveals the best-selling effects pedal in its entire history. Um, according to Guitar World, JH Pedals, Josh Scott breaks down highlights from the gear retailers' 1,000 top-selling pedals, of its 43-year history, and reveals the surprising stomp box that occupies that top spot. Since its establishment in 1979, Sweetwater has become one of the biggest guitar gear retailers on the planet, so it's fair to say it's something of an authority figure when it comes to all things gear. Not only is it a destination where players can purchase electric guitars, and guitar amps. It's also an emporium for effects pedals. And now, its 1,000 best-selling stomp boxes of all time have been revealed. What's more, thanks to J.H. Pedals' Josh Scott, who claims to have hacked into Sweetwater's computer system, the company's top-selling pedal throughout its entire 43-year history has also been identified. Now, 1,000 is a big list. So big, in fact, that the video in which Scott showcases his findings is over an hour and a half long, despite only including 510 pedals, so it's probably best to cut right down to the top 10 with some honorable mentions. So what is the best-selling stomp box of Sweetwater's history? The Ibanez Tube Screamer? The Boss SD-1? The Proco Rat? If you guessed any above, you'd be wrong because the pedal in question is, in fact, Behringer's ultra-affordable $29 SF300 Super Fuzz. And the irony is, Scott himself is partially responsible for the absolutely insane amount of Behringer Fuzz pedals Sweetwater has sold in recent years, owing to a YouTube video he posted in which he directly encouraged millions of people to buy the Humble Fuzz pedal. Now, I'm going to stop right there. You can go on to Guitar World and check that article out for yourself, Um, and I'll just give my comments on this. So, unless you've been living under a rock, um, the last, I would say, definitely in the last five to ten years, we've been having a guitar effects pedal renaissance and it keeps getting better the quality keeps going up and the prices are coming down and then you have the boutique realm of stuff out there that accomplishes all kinds of different things it literally is a buyer's market for whatever you're looking for if you're a tone chaser Um, JHS pedals uh, is my favorite brand of guitar effects pedals I have several on my pedal board uh, pedal boards and um, couldn't be happier. One of the reasons why I like JHS so much is because they do proper demos of it. I would go on to say, in my humble opinion, that I don't think there's a better company out there on YouTube that's doing a better job of marketing that stuff than JHS. They do an outstanding job. I love the way they present things. They do a jam session. They talk about the pedals. Josh is a fan of all brands and pedals, so you know, he'll, he'll talk up everything. He's a, he's a good dude and it's a great company to support. So rewind a little bit. He had gone through one of his videos. I remember seeing several where he talked about some of these great pedals that you can get that are, uh, that sound great, but aren't, uh, but that are ultra affordable. And that pedal was one of them. So I'm not sure if this is so much, uh, you know, uh, um, some grand discovery as it is a test and influencer marketing, which I believe that's really the case. Sweetwater um, is a great company to order from. Uh, I order a lot of my stuff from Sweetwater if I can. Uh, Them or the Music Zoo or Making Music in Chicago, depending on the item that I'm interested in at the time. I think a lot of people online get the warm and fuzzies from Sweetwater uh, because their customer service is superb. They, like the big guys out there, Sam Ash, Guitar Center, Musician's Friend, have a broad reach and a broad level of different products that you can um, purchase from. So, again, I feel like that this piece is kind of interesting. I encourage you to head over to uh, Guitar World to check that article out or get onto uh, YouTube and, and check out the video from Josh. Uh, I'm actually going to post a link to that video on electricguitarlives.com, uh, so be sure to check it out if you're a, um, uh, you know always on the the quest for tone as I am uh, and many others like me. Um, you know, check that video out. So at the beginning of the podcast, um, I recorded uh, the uh, very intro or the beginning of the intro to um, Heavy Chains by Loudness. Really great tune, and you know, I'm sure that song and portions of it have been copied over and over and over again. You know, they've um, kind of the origins of power metal. They're they're one of the guys or one of the bands for me personally. Um, I've been a huge fan of Akira Takasaki for years. So, a little bit about Akira Takasaki. He uh, started his career as a guitarist winning a television contest uh, for young music talents at the uh, age of 14, not unlike Dimebag, right? He was uh, rapidly put under contract to be part of the popular rock band at the time, Lazy, of which the original drummer of Loudness, uh, Munitaka Higuchi, was also a member. Lazy produced five successful albums at the end of the 70s, uh, but Takasaki's musical style oriented towards hard rock and heavy metal, did not gel with the band. In 1981, he decided to make his own original band, Loudness, uh, alongside bandmate Higuchi. The many heavy metal albums produced by Loudness brought him international fame and vast and vast critical acclaim. Uh, Takasaki has also continued the production of his uh, solo works, um, starting with Tusk of Jaguar in 1982. Um, and he's been committed to a, another side project that he has called Jizo in 1998 and in 2002, he was also directly involved in the reunion of Lazy for the release of two studio albums and a tour. Now, in terms of, uh, gear, um, and this is really interesting to me, um, it, Takasaki found enough time to start up Killer Guitars a company he um, co-founded and managed with fellow guitarist George Azuma. He is responsible for several of the guitar designs. As far as gear, um, Takasaki uses ESP's signature Random Star guitars, which, uh, you know, those things are pretty wild, definitely something from the 80s, uh, and several killer guitars. Uh, I encourage you to uh, get online, go to Killer.jp to check out the uh, Killer lineup. They have electric guitars, uh, bass guitars, parts and goods. Uh, The Killer guitars are all made by ESP, so you know the quality is great. You can hop on Reverb or eBay if you're looking to to order one of these. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't gassing for the uh, Killer Guitars Prime model. Um, it comes in, um, you know, a bunch of different varieties. Uh, if you get online, start hunting one down They're, they're pretty rad, man. Uh, kind of, uh, it's got a different vibe. It's very aggressive looking, you know, double humbuckers, Floyd Rose. Um, I'm dying to, uh, I'm dying to check one out. I've heard great things. Uh, but again, you know, with the behind, um, you know, production of these things, uh, you know, the quality is fantastic. Mr. Uh, Takasaki has played uh, several different amplifier brands over the years, from PV to Mesa Boogie to Marshall uh, to the uh, Lee Jackson Metaltronics amps. Um, you know, and it seems like he's always kind of changing his sound up. Uh, uh, but I think uh, currently he is using the uh, Marshall JMP1 preamp, uh, which has been the center of his rig. Since about uh, 1992, be sure to check out electricguitarlives.com, and I'll have a few links and some uh, some items of note there for you to check out, along with a couple a um, couple YouTube links. Um, you know, check out uh, check out loudness. You know, give the old album uh, a listen, or the old album, excuse me, they've made several over the years. Um, you know, he's he's um, he's a really killer guitar player. And I really wish that uh, he had gotten more traction here in the US um, like they did in the early days. I mean, definitely he is a respected guitar player, still is a respected guitar player. And he's got a, you know, he still has a huge following here in the States and around the world. Uh, So definitely worth your time. Check him out. And now another word from our sponsor, Making Music. Attention, serious collectors and Eric Clapton enthusiasts. Makin' Music is happy to present this curated selection of gear, which was previously owned and used by none other than Slowhand himself, Eric Clapton. Various items are featured as part of this Eric Clapton collection, including a custom ES-335 electric guitar presented to Eric by Gibson for his 2001 tour, two stage-use 412 Marshall speaker cabs, Stenciled Derrick and the Dominoes, one Jaguar Limited Edition Marshall Bluesbreaker Combo Amp, presented to Eric by Jim Marshall himself, and a stage used Music Man HD 150 Reverb Head and 212 cab with Duck Brothers Roadcase. If you're an avid Clapton collector, or simply an enthusiast of rare vintage collectible guitars and amps, This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to obtain your own personal Eric Clapton rig. Just imagine this killer selection of gear all set up in your man cave or jam room. Think of all the stages and players this iconic gear has seen. When I close my eyes, I can imagine myself there, relishing the sounds and smells of rock and roll. For more about the Eric Clapton Guitar and Amp Collection, please visit makinmusic.com. .com forward slash clapton. that was music.com forward slash clapton so hey thanks again for tuning in to the Electric Guitar Lives podcast I'm your host Pete Williams I appreciate you spending uh, a few minutes with me um, and I hope you'll tune again tune in again excuse me next week uh, I'm going to be talking about Sabotage and uh, the late uh, guitar player Chris Oliva, um, he's a uh, an amazing guitar player, and I was a really big fan back in the day. And uh, his uh, life was cut short by a tragedy, just a tragic, tragic loss. But we're gonna celebrate the guy and talk about his uh, style and guitar playing and some of the gear he used, and uh, we're gonna have a good time. So uh, tune in again next week. Um, for that. We're also going to be doing a promotion, going to be giving away a guitar pedal from One Control. So thanks again, and uh, have a uh, great weekend. Uh, We'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Electric Guitar Lives Podcast with P. Williams, your weekly hang for all things guitar-related and more. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting episode. And remember, have fun. See you next time. For more about this podcast and future episodes, be sure to visit electricguitarlives.com. Thanks again for listening.